I just read this post and I felt it was necessary to share this, even though it's not a pleasant one. But in regards to um, the vaccinated, and the question is, how long do the vaccinated have to live? By Stephen Fishman. I deferred this question to a friend of mine, Dr. Milo Kandarian, PhD, born Milos Iskandarianos, Corfu, Greece, 1938, who developed the patent for graphene oxide for use as a hematological bioweapon in 2015. In full transparency, Dr. Kandarian is what I would call a genocidal globalist who follows precept 10 of the Georgia Guidestones, which is very seldom discussed, stating, be not a cancer upon the earth, leave room for nature. Dr. Kandarian is a medical contributor to the World Health Organization and is also very supportive of Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset, ushering in one world digital currency, which is a secondary goal of the WHO for 2022. Dr. Kandarian is of the opinion that 95% of the world's population are useless, useless eaters who need to be euthanized as quickly as possible. Look at downtown Chicago, Baltimore, or Los Angeles, he has stated, and you will clearly see why the useless eaters must be put down like rabid dogs. He has expressed his disdain for infectious educators who promote critical race theory and is confident that the vaccine will put an end to human cancer upon the earth. Dr. Kandarian is an ardent supporter of Freemasonry, Freemasonry, I'm sorry, Freemasonry's duty and obligation to rid the world of the plague of humanity. Yet, on a personal level, he and I share a passion for the same exotic dish served at Le Mince de Vieux in Geneva, cream of hummingbird soup followed by elk tongue. Okay, this I didn't write this article, <laughs> so you know. Um, we both are fans of Chef Gaston Serre de Rivieres, who is a culinary genius. So I asked Milo, how can the vaccinated know with certainty how long they have to live once they have been jabbed? He presented me with the information called the end of cycle formula. He explained how easy it is to calculate. The power of simplicity, he said, there is a maximum cycle of 10 years from injection to end of cycle for death, he elaborated, and it is extremely easy to determine. He said any hematologist can see it within seconds under a microscope and even more readily under an electron microscope. The percentage of blood affected or contaminated by or with graphene oxide is the, recipro 
the reciprocity, I'm sorry, reciprocity of the end of cycle calculation he divulged. In other words, an inoculity, as he calls anyone jabbed with the experimental use authorization eugenics depopulation lethal injection bioweapon having 20% graphene oxide deterioration in their blood will, barring any other input criteria, live for eight years, 10 years less 20%. Someone with 70% graphene oxide deterioration will not live more than three years, 10 years less 70%. Dr. Jane Ruby recently was interviewed by Stu Peters on his podcast and showed examples of what the deteriorated blood looks like when exposed to graphene oxide. Graphene oxide, for those who are unaware, is the component of messenger RNA spike proteins and prions, which is at war with the heart, lungs, brain, and blood for oxygen. Graphene oxide is an oxygen sponge, which derives, I'm sorry, which deprives the body of necessary oxygen and causes many complications, including but not limited to anaphylactic shock, toxic blood clotting, fatal lung paralysis, mitochondrial cancer, and endothelial cancer. Dr. Milo Kandarian's viewpoint is much the same as Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, and the big pharma CEOs. Let them all die. I asked Milo what the effect of second and third shots and boosters do and how that changes the end of cycle table. Milo replied, it is all measurable through hematological testing. The more shots and boosters the imbeciles get, the worse their blood will look under a microscope and the quicker they will turn to fertilizer. Finally, I asked him how the plot to kill so many billions of people could be kept so secret by such a group of elites. His answer was, you don't know much about Freemasonry, do you, Steve? And there you have it. What's in a number by Knowledge the Wordsmith? The committee met the man with glee, Dr. David Martin dropping truth bombs repeatedly. He got into it about the coronavirus disease. He's part of the world's largest underwriter of intangible assets used in finance in 168 countries. Underwriting systems which include the entire corpus of federal grants, procurement records, e-government records, and patent applications. They monitor a series of thematic interests for a variety of individuals and organizations. Over 4,000 patents that have been issued around the coronavirus, Dr. David Martin reviewed. Done while the whole planet came unglued, he and others took the actual genetic sequences that were reportedly novel and reviewed those against the patent records that were available the spring of 2020. They found 120 pieces of evidence to suggest that the declaration of a novel coronavirus was a fallacy. When asked to produce the coronavirus, the WHO and various scientists would always stall. 
there were coronaviruses, but no single identified novel coronavirus at all. Information you need to know. Patents were sought as early as 22 years ago. All is not as it appears. COVID hasn't been novel for 22 years. Very few in 2021 are any the wiser. That the first vaccine ever patented for coronavirus was actually sought by Pfizer. The application for the first COVID vaccine was specifically the S spike protein. It's not open for debate. The application was filed January 28, 2000. So now you have the date. The facts you cannot ignore. U.S. Patent 6372224. Fauci and the NIAD love the coronavirus's malleability. They saw it as a potential candidate for vaccines for HIV. My, my, my. Like I was singing Johnny Gill. Fauci funded research at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. This is what Fauci and the NIAD decided to do. They built an infectious defective coronavirus and filed the application April 19, 2002. They should be put on the gallows and hung. It was built specifically to target the human lung, dropping the knowledge in these bars. NIAD made SARS, knowledge that should phase ya. This was long before there was any alleged outbreak in Asia, information that they tried to hide. U.S. Patent 7279327, engineered, ACE receptor, ACE2 binding domain, S1, spike protein, and other elements synthetically modified in the laboratory using nothing more than gene sequencing technology, taking computer code and turning it into a pathogen, and doing it again and again and again. Dr. Martin studied patent applications. His organization was also asked to monitor biological and chemical weapons treaty violations. Throughout the fall of 2001, his company monitored an enormous, oops, I skipped, let me back down, let me go back, back, sorry about that, okay, went too far, damn it, oh my goodness, I can't believe I did that, okay, here we go. Okay, Dr. Martin studied patent applications. His organization was also asked to monitor biological and chemical weapons treaty violations. Throughout the fall of 2001, his company monitored an enormous number of bacterial and viral pathogens that were being patented through the NIH and the NIAD and a number of other agencies internationally. Clearly intended for every state, a biological weapon candidate, the lie that they told is starting to erode. It was turned into a pathogen using computer code. Breaking it down in this rhyme, coronavirus has been part of the sequence of proteins that circulates for a very long time. The alleged outbreak that took place in 2002 going into 2003 gave rise to a very problematic April 2003, filing by the CDC. They filed the entire gene sequence 
on what became SARS coronavirus, they're done. This is actually a violation of 35 U.S. Code Section 101. You can't patent a naturally occurring substance. They're through. The 35 U.S. Code Section 101 Violation 101 was patent number 7220852. COVID pandemic? They didn't come legit. Their patent also had a series of derivative patents associated with it. It was all about getting their pockets fatter. The patent application was broken apart because they were of multiple patentable subject matter. Dropping bar after bar, U.S. patent 4659270.3p, U.S. patent 7776521, covered the gene sequence of SARS coronavirus and the means of detecting it using RT-PCR. On closer inspection, you'll see owning the patent on both gives you 100% of the provenance, not only of the virus, but also its detection. These people have no soul. The, the patents gave them entire scientific and message control. Dr. David Martin was wise to their scheme. This patent sought by the CDC was justified by their public relations team. So everyone would be free to be able to research coronavirus. Can you dig it? Like we heard from the warrior Cyrus. Don't even try it. It's a straight up lie. The CDC rolled the dice and they were rejected twice. Let me explain. The gene sequence was already in the public domain. CDC looking a patent on the means of virus detection. Or is that what they're looking at? They overrode the patent's office reject office's rejection. They were in heaven when they finally got the patent in 2007. So they paid a bribe to get it through. This is what the CDC decided to do. You think this is all of the dirt on the CDC? Nah, to keep their application private, they paid an additional fee. They make me sick. How are you paying to keep, how are you paying a fee to keep the information private, but saying you're trying to make the info available to the public? This is what they decided to do. It's available in the public patent archive record, which any member of the public can review. I read this and not exactly sure of the source, but apparently Mr. Jacques, J-A-C-Q-U-E-S, Atali, A-T-T-A-L-I, the French-Jewish shadow president of France, was interviewed in 1981 by Michael Salomon, Les Visages de Evanier, French original text at profession-g-e-n-d-a-r-m-e.com, if it's still up. This is what he said. In the future, it will be a question of finding a way to reduce the population. We will start with the old, then the weak, and then the useless, and especially the stupid ones. We will get rid of them by making them believe it is for their own good. We will find something or cause it, a pandemic that targets certain people, a virus that will affect the old or the fat, it doesn't matter. 
The weak will succumb to it. The fearful and the stupid will believe it and ask to be treated. We will have taken care to have planned the treatment, a treatment that will be the solution. The selection of idiots will thus be done. They will go to the slaughterhouse on their own.